0: series two of my podcast innovation where we get to hear stories and experiences of some incredible women in science and technology the conversations on this show will give you insights to some fascinating innovations done by a diverse range of women not only does their work have an impact on all of our lives whether we realize it or not but here on innovation i'm also giving women a platform for them to be heard and for us to be inspired and uplifted by them too This week, I talked to Sidi Mittal, a computer scientist originally, now turned entrepreneur. She started a business called Why Hangry.
1: Hi guys, my name is Siddy. I'm a computer science engineer from Colombia. I spent eight years in London on the trading floor and now I'm the co-founder of Why Hangry. We're world's very first private chef platform that makes it very, very easy, but also affordable to book a private chef for as quickly as tomorrow. We first met
0: when we were at the Asian Women of Achievement Awards and, you know, hearing about your background uh, when we were sitting next to each other at that really fun evening, like I thought you would be a great person to have on this show. Can you give me a sort of like whistle-stop tour of your STEM experiences?
1: Yeah, of course. So the journey really started um, after 10th grade. So in India, you get to choose your streams, science, commerce, or arts in 11th grade. And I didn't really have an option because my older sister, Riddhi, who had paved the way for me, demanded I do science because other streams didn't make sense. So sort of begrudgingly I started off on like my STEM journey and then realized like in 12th grade I actually fell in love with physics. I thought it made so much sense it was the most exciting thing ever and I thought I almost was going to major in physics. Then as a part of my college I applied to Columbia the engineering school and I got in and I decided to do computer science because at that point that was computer science was obviously like everywhere and it just felt It was um, something that could scale the most. And I never thought of myself as like a hardcore engineer because, again, there weren't that many examples of females had had been engineers. So actually, computer science engineering was like the softest in the full engineering stream that I could pick. Fast forward, I got to Columbia. In America, you go to university for four years. The first two years, you are a generalist and then you specialize the last two years. And I think um, the first few years were super interesting because I was doing physics labs and chemistry labs and all this stuff that felt very nerdy. And I I do remember making up a bunch of numbers. I was like, I don't know what's going on. But it was really fun. But that was the first time I started to realize that it wasn't as equal or normal as it was in high school. So in high school, obviously, everyone took the same classes. Like if you did well, obviously, because you were a smart person, whereas at Columbia, like I also was a part of the Bollywood dance team and it was quite competitive. So I spent a lot of time doing dancing and there would be people. And like, when you look, looked at that sort of like the makeup of the engineering school, obviously the female percentage was very, very low, maybe less than 6%. I don't know, just very low. And there it, I started to feel quite idle, out of place because people would be like, oh, you, you dance Oh, that's strange. And then kind of the stereotype of nerdy people did come through. You look around the class and you'd be like, wow, all these people are look pretty nerdy and sometimes don't shower. So like the engineering stereotype was very true. So I guess like that was kind of college. Um, so I think through college, I will say I was in the engineering school. I graduated as a computer science major, but I did feel that I didn't probably 100% belong there. There was a part of me that just felt out of place and yeah so once I graduated I decided that I wanted to match my personality I really wanted to feel at home and that home was going to be on a trading floor because people were really loud and making all these decisions on the fly and to be honest I never really identified as like an engineer deep down so I decided to leave my job at like Google and all this stuff in development and go to the trading floor where I got to use some of my engineering skills and my computer science but obviously not to the same extent.
0: It's so interesting like you know this idea of being really fascinated by physics and engineering but was it really important for you to do- sort of be part of a group you know to feel like you fit in
1: yes I think actually having the group kind of makes it a reality and I don't know if I'm answering the exact same question that you asked but I it just like the flashback hit me where I remember sort of engineering teams or it's like you know people just create teams together and me having to be like oh my god what team do I go in who do I speak to because it wasn't that I was naturally included as a part of it and I feel the same sort of continues even like after engineering generally in life where in trading guys will just go out for beers and just form a quick group because they all watch sports and you were like wait but I'm the only female trader like you have to have to then turn around and include me so I do think yes being included in groups is like a huge part of how human sort of process life and yeah just what they're doing so yeah very very important
0: is that why you decided to start your own business then
1: I don't know I I do what I do know is feeling really so actually I'll take one step back as I started finance or as a trader I knew I was like one of the only female traders and I actually loved it I was like this is great like you know I get all the attention. this is really fun and I think I was also very naive I also didn't understand feminism I kind of did think of it as like a word that scared me a little bit only because I was so young where it felt like if you were good you should get stuff and saying that I demand stuff because I'm a female made me feel that people will look at me and not want to come near me so I was very determined to be just myself, do well, and never really say anything about me being a female or anything about not being included. But actually, what ended up happening, and I also remember a client at that time, her name is Victoria Whitehead. I'll send this to her. She's at BNP, she was a client, and I remember at one of the drinks, so she was like a very important client for the firm. At one sort of like client drinks, I kind of got tipsy and I was like, I don't believe in this. And she was like, okay, but and she's 10 years older than me. And at that point, she was like look, it matters. As you go through life, the gap actually increases between female and men. Females get left behind. And Victoria was telling me that actually, after her, like she is 10 years older than me, she simply said, no, females do get left behind as time increases. The gender gap widens. And I just looked at her in disbelief. And I was like, that's so messed up. Like there's no way I don't agree with that. I think I'm treated quite fairly and quite equally and almost not understanding where she was coming from. Fast forward three years, just three years, I just started to feel really angry at little things. I realized like there was a difference. In my personal opinion, there was unconscious bias and I use the word unconscious bias because they're not people aren't bad but they do things without realizing and i think that's almost scarier than sexism because you can call out someone if they're being sexist that's like so blatant i think everyone can align but unconscious bias is difficult to call out because you have to admit that you did something because you've been tuned a certain way and we all have our different sorts of unconscious bias and an example of that at work was when i was just as a trader you're meant to be yelling. I have a loud voice. That's what you do. And you get people to say, come on, pick up the phone, make some calls. And another trader looked at me and said, stop yelling at that guy. This guy is not my boss. He's a peer. But he thought it was okay to tell me in front of everyone, stop yelling. And I looked at him and I told him to shut the fuck up and take two steps back. And then I forgot about it. I was like, whatever, people are annoying. Let's move on. Two days later, I get pulled into a room from my boss saying, "City, I heard something was going on. I was like, what do you mean? And he went, people said you were yelling and you weren't listening. And I looked at him and I went, I was doing my job. And I was like, if there was a guy instead of me, this wouldn't even be a question. This is insane that this guy who's a peer decides to yell when I'm speaking to a salesperson. And I'm not even yelling. I'm simply asking him to do his job. And in that moment, I got so angry. And I told him, I was like, look, I'm going I'm not going to use the word sexism because you might need to report this to HR but I will tell you right now this is unconscious bias it's really annoying the fact that you and your boys club have discussed this decided to come back to me 2 days later on something that's so petty and the guy wasn't doing his job is insane and I just remember and I just remember like this stuff happened more and more. And then it really got to me because I was like, oh my God, I'm six years in, I'm a grown-ass woman. What is going on? And I started to lash out. So I feel like obviously there was a part of me that was really catching on to the fact that there is a difference. There is a difference in pay. There is a difference in going out. And and the, it was an upstream fight. And at the same time, however, on a more positive side, I did want to make something of my own. I did want to build a world where I get to create the rules and a foundation that's very equal so I think I don't think that was the reason but it was like a driving force in getting me out of there ASAP and now I'm really happy now I live in a world which is very equal created by ourselves within our company yeah it's really nice
0: that's so interesting because so many women I talked to decided to start their own thing purely because of the experiences they were having Um, And even though the experiences aren't particularly positive, it was the sort of catapult to find the courage to go on your own. Um, There's so much to unravel, because when I think about your early experiences in STEM, you were following something that you were interested in. Okay, maybe your, your older sister did influence you to go into the sciences, but essentially... You were following what you knew you could be successful at. Um, Has it been useful as a woman studying STEM or could you have got to where you are at now without those STEM skills?
1: Um, I think without a doubt, STEM has set me up for success. And I feel it's not just one course. It's not the fact that I did physics lab or like something else random. It's the entire, it's everything. I feel like all those skills, of course not 100%, but such a large part of my life has, I live it being super quantitative. I look at stuff and I'm like, where's the logic? And all of these are the foundations of STEM. And I actually wouldn't be the person I am without STEM. I think without a doubt, I wouldn't change anything about my trajectory. But I think STEM was like the solid foundation. So I'm very grateful to my sister for sort of like bullying me into it, but also really grateful for all the sort of tough classes, like really understanding how things work. Like I remember having an electrical engineering class and being like, this is so difficult. Must And I got a B plus And I remember it was like the most, it was like the best feeling ever getting a B plus because I was like, wow, I really got it. And I feel the same applies to stats, applies to mech, applies to all these really hard sciences that people think they don't need to understand. But this stuff comes up. We live our lives daily. And the like these a phenomena and events occurring all around us and actually if you have even a peek into this world and understand the basics you're just set up to understand almost like more in life than someone who just like ended up learning accounting because guess what I ended up learning accounting way later in life when it was needed but it's something you can pick it up whereas I would say like the hard sciences it is pretty difficult if you never under- like learn thermodynamics like good luck it takes a while. So. Yeah, I think STEM is like fundamentally who I am. I'm quite proud about it. And I think actually maybe on a daily basis, I do use it because I think ultimately it makes you into a very logical, quantitative person who's questioning, who understands, yeah, concepts. And it changes the way you sort of live your life. Yeah,
0: Uh, I so agree with you. Like actually, you know, this is actually the first time I've had um a conversation about it uh where someone has articulated um why I think it's worth women women going into STEM because you know it is really hard and sometimes I feel bad um sort of encouraging girls to study STEM because it is so hard and you do have to deal with the gender imbalance and I just think god I'm so there must be such a like bad part of me that's telling women to go into this step into these problems but actually you've really justified it like it's so true we really do pick up the most amazing skills by studying STEM and yes the sort of initial investment is is big but it has knock-on effects throughout your life so that's one layer that I think you so beautifully articulated but when you were in a very male-dominated world of like the trading floor and, um, you know, even just studying. Um, What would you tell someone who's just starting their journey into STEM? Like, what would you advise based on your experiences? Because, you know, I know that I had to radically change myself to fit in with all the guys and, you know, the boys club and all of that. And as a result of having to change myself, I really lost who I was. I don't know if you felt the same way. And if you did, like, what would you tell a younger girl who's following similar footsteps to you?
1: Yeah, so I, I think just example of how I did change. I do remember doing the trading floor and just being a lot more quieter and like a bit more nervous because it's just like, you just saw men around you and they were like yelling and screaming. And it was like a little bit intimidating because you were like, oh my God. And you got yelled at for everything you did. So I was like constantly living in this fear like, oh my gosh, please don't speak to me. But then as things got better, I realized like the moment I felt myself was when I was like loud again. I was like, I don't care. This is who I am. And I just, I felt like I was myself. And that took like maybe four years afterward, or maybe three, but I had to feel comfortable. I think the advice is like, look, in life, you can't do something just because the opposite of that is some is a place where you don't see people like you. That's a very complicated sentence, I get it. Basically, representation is absent in science in a lot of fields. However, if you were to start sort of statistically see which field will equip you for like the most success, probably the foundations will be science. Like all breakthroughs come through science. And computer science is a part of science. Like, every innovation will come from you understanding the basic principles. And it might be uncomfortable, but I think it is worth going through. But as as when you go through, you will feel this need to fit in, to, like, to look at other people, and you will realize how uncomfortable it feels, but maybe the advice is simply knowing that actually there are a lot of other females out there who feel the same. And it's easy to disguise that. Like, I feel like if anyone saw you or me, they probably won't realize what's going on inside us. And I think that's like the hard truth in life where you see Instagram now and you think everyone's life is perfect, but it's the complete opposite. So I think knowing that Yeah, just knowing that that's okay, that's normal, and you will get through it and you'll find yourself again. Because I don't think you begin sugarcoated. I feel like no matter where you do what you do, there will be times when you're uncomfortable, you will not be accepted, and then you will make it through. But knowing that that's also quite normal, it's probably the one thing I would ask them to remember, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about those four years of finding yourself, Like I I had a period of time like that where I was finding myself, it may have probably been longer than four years, but you know, it's so true, like self-acceptance and sort of self-celebration are really powerful tools. And what I mean by that is not looking at yourself and judging yourself for being different, but actually finding what's unique and special about oneself because you know whether it's stem or somewhere else will always be odd in some group but like if you're very self-accepting of who you are that can be a real uh, superpower
1: yeah I think it's very difficult though like I'm hearing those and I'm like wait am I that person I don't think so I think I'm still I think I'm super critical about myself and I feel actually it's time and I I would love for people that are younger to come up and say, I have accepted. And I think maybe Gen Z is changing that, which is awesome. Because they're like a bunch of over, like, they're just a bit more sure. They seem that they have their own values and principles in the world, which is quite cool. But I will say, with time and experience, and the maturity to realize if you can't change stuff, you just got accepted, that you find some self-acceptance and then self-love. But if, some, if you were having this conversation with me like eight years ago, i just look at you and be like, what do you mean? That makes no sense. Like, what does that even mean? So I do think as a concept, I don't know who will listen to this podcast, but depending on their age and like how long have they've done this, some people might just get it. Some people might just be starting to get it and some people will just think you're bonkers and I'm bonkers. But I think, yeah, you have like obviously hit the nail on the head. It is so important, but I think it's probably the toughest thing to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely really tough. And it's interesting that you talk about Gen Z because on the one hand, I do think they're very advanced in terms of, you know, sort of like, I don't know, being familiar with their emotions or... Um, sort of being able to express themselves. You know, I think the transgender movement, for example, has really paved the way for people to just be very open about who they are, even if it's unconventional. But I think at the same time, Gen Z has never suffered more with um, not being able to self-express and like feeling like they've got to have this like Facebook perfect lifestyle and you know so I think there are contrasts that still exist um and I'm hoping it's getting better but I'm not sure it is um so I think what I totally agree that like people are probably listening to this going self-acceptance what what is that and it may be a few years before they figure out um what that means. And, you know, the penny might drop for this conversation, like in a few years time, but, you know, I don't know. I feel like we've covered everything in terms of like the importance of studying STEM and why it is, I love the fact that you said that the biggest breakthroughs happen in science. That's so true. Um, Do you have any
1: regrets? Maybe, and I think like, it's difficult to call it a regret because I think when you go through college, you can't wait to get it over with and done with because you want to go back into the real world. And then when you go into the real world, you look back to college and you go, oh, that was such a great time. And I wish I'd just done more. I'd like absorb more. So I did spend a large part of my college career, like competitive volleyball dancing. And I do wish I'd like challenge myself more and taken on more courses because I feel like it's very easy to say, oh, I'm not meant to be in this class. But when you like put your mind to it, it's like that EE class where I remember being like, it's so difficult. And then towards the end, I just got it. And that was, like, such a great feeling because you were like, wow, I've, like, broken through this barrier. And I think and I, think I could have done more of it, like, so easily. There was just so much stuff where instead of being afraid because I can't. Well, why can't you? Are you stupid? Are you, like, worse than other people? Of course, it's like a fact that some people have higher IQs. So unless you are, for some reason, actually – below average IQ and like you struggle that, that's a different conversation but for someone I think it's like fear is something you push past and I think I've become more um, like now I, I wouldn't do that and I think like now with like, like the company like every day is a challenge we're like actively learning to speak to everyone like get into these programs like, like you want to learn and like that drive actually is like a lot higher for me but yeah it's kind of like i wish all that time and money had spent like sort of faffing a little bit and be like oh that's too hard that's too hard just give it a go and i feel like because once you have that breakthrough it is like the best feeling in the world so i wish i had more of those best feelings and a lot of that come back to science It is difficult and I just feel people don't appreciate that and sometimes you can't you can't sit with a colleague of yours who has never done science and be like it was really difficult because they'll be like whatever she's bragging but it's like no because just factually in Colombia the engineering school average was 2.7 out of 4. In the Columbia art school the normal bigger one the average was 3.4.
0: What's your relationship with failure?
1: I will say something I am like a glass half full kind of person and I feel like generally I don't know I don't think of failure and actually I know this because I was thinking about whenever people ask like I think last week we had a podcast and someone asked what are the last three times you failed or something like that it's difficult for me to come up with these instances because I just feel the stuff is quite fleeting like I don't remember a time I sat there being like oh my god I messed up because it's like when stuff goes wrong, you quickly fix it and then you move forward. So I, I don't know. I think I don't think of life in terms of like failures. I feel I very much believe in like executing. Like I say stuff, I do stuff really quickly. I do stuff again. I don't faff around. I text back immediately. I like I keep on top of stuff. And I feel, yeah, with There's just like so much theory on failure. But for me, I just know things will work out. And actually, Steve Jobs said this really well in in like a speech. And what my friend flagged it to me once, he said that looking back, you will see how the dots um, connect. But looking forward, you can't see that because they haven't connected yet. So there is something you have to believe in, that something can be faith, God, religion, karma, future but there has to be something that allows you to feel it will all fall in place. Cause it all always falls in place, but you can only connect the dots looking backward. And I just feel, I agree. I agree with that. I think I live my life, not in like, Oh gosh, what could go wrong? But I think I do live my life waking up every day and thinking, Holy shit, like what, what could we do today? And I, yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think just that, that, that one sort of quote summarizes it quite well. It's interesting,
0: though, because I do see you and hear in your words that you are quite perfectionistic, like you have extremely high standards for yourself. So how does that work? Um, Having high standards and then sort of going easy on yourself if you did kind of fail?
1: So actually, people who know me know I'm like super sloppy. I'm actually extremely lazy, which I think makes me very efficient and productive because I'd rather spend three extra hours in bed and then do my assignment three times faster than the other way around. So, and as far as it comes to high standards, actually, I am someone, and this is not right, it's just what I do. I value speed over 100% accuracy. So if you ever email me, you'll realize relatively the content might have some mistakes, but you'll get it back. And then I believe in doing it really quickly and getting on with it than actually perfecting it. So if you ask anyone actually at the company, I do make quite a bit of grammatical mistakes. Stupid grammarly doesn't work everywhere, but I just feel we need to get on with stuff and do it quicker. And then when, I, when there's an error, I'll go fix it. But I think as a result, I iterate a lot quicker, faster than more people. But I actually don't think I have like like, so, yeah, I don't think I am a perfectionist, but what I will say is, like, I do believe in giving it to you 100%. What I hate is, like, being sloppy or just not having thought of it because it's like, are you jaywalking? So I do think there is this, like, contrast where on one, one side, I just move quick, I move through stuff really quickly, I'll break it and I'll move forward. But on the other side, when I'm doing stuff, I am present and I will think through things and I will question them. I don't just accept the status quo. So if someone comes back to me and I ask them questions that they haven't thought through, it's like, okay, but like what's going on? So I do think like that's quite different, but that's not necessarily perfection. That's just like how you operate and you have to operate by giving what you do sort of your 100%, but that does not mean it needs to be perfect every time because it never will be. And you just got to move quite quickly because like yeah life is not about being perfect you know imperfect perfection yeah
0: what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given
1: it's probably culmination of advice i've been given and stuff i've done so what really works is if you want to do something do it today like don't think about it don't say you'll do it tomorrow you wouldn't do it tomorrow i know that because i never go to the gym so now i've accepted that and i've reduced my portion sizes but If you want to do something, you have to start today. And actually, I know the best piece of advice is people don't understand compounding and life is actually compounding. Little steps don't mean that one plus one plus one for 10 days is 10. It's actually a compounding effect because it's one and then it's a little bit more and then it's a little bit more. So whether it's your habits, whether it's your work, whether it's your personal life, just start today. Do it every single day, and yeah, your life will see sort of compounding effects, and it will change before you know it. But you have to have to start today because tomorrow never comes. So, final
0: question: As a woman in STEM, I know you you've started your own business. You know, you're a real entrepreneur. Um, you have that sort of like STEM mindset. How does that all fit in with other aspects of being a woman, like becoming a mother, a wife, uh, a friend? Like, what's your philosophy on juggling all these different roles that women are expected to have?
1: Yeah. So I think the first thing is, like, I have realized this with time because of COVID, more so generally in life. Like, people are everything, and your network of, like, loved ones, your real friends. And however big or small that is, that is like your safety net. Like in life, that is probably so, so important. Whereas we spend like 80% of our time doing work. Um, I am relatively lucky to be building a company that encourages people to get together in real life. And even though I do that, Why hangry allows people to come together in real life. I still find it challenging. I would say um, I am now a wife. I got married two weeks ago. I Congratulations on yeah. getting
0: married.
1: thank you yeah i guess i was saying that i just got married um yeah a week before and actually quick note here i have never been a person who looked up to a wedding and i think i was just thinking about why i think a part of it is because it feels too girly and i feel like given i have like i'm like the minority that's like done all these things i don't want to be super girly but I, I had such a great time. Honestly, like I enjoyed every single second of it. had a great time. Yeah, kind of like actually calling myself a wife now. So really bizarre. I think still coming to terms with the fact that, yes, it was girly. It was like really, really beautiful. But that's okay because I can be that person also. I think generally in life, like I just, I, I think I just need to try and do my best. I know like my shortfalls are that I can get too obsessive, like really obsessive about stuff and then I like forget to pay attention to people who are in my life or like check in with people I think generally so my overarching value is that humans are like your human network is the most important thing you need the safety net and it goes both ways you need to take care of people they will take care of you uh I think for myself I haven't gotten to the mother stage I don't know when I will I am at the wife stage I gen life is quite challenging like I very I'm not great at juggling work and personal life. It all seems to be one. But I have an amazing partner who understands that. But yeah, I think just taking the time to tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell your family every day if you can. You love them. They mean something in the world because like time is too short. Like I feel like all this success or career, all this will be for nothing if the people around you don't love you back, or you don't have them in your life, because then you feel pretty lonely. So I think, yeah, having these people in your life probably means a lot, but it's quite undervalued. And I now make an effort to check in with people, even if it's just like a quick text, how are you doing? Are things okay? This is what's up with me. And I feel I want to do more of that. But that is like, I'm not perfect. But that is the one thing I try to do all the time. I'll just check in with my parents, text them. Yeah, so keeping your safety circle near you?
0: Well, that sounds like a huge amount of gratitude to me. And I, with a lot of the conversations I've had recently, it's very much always circled back to the importance of gratitude, because I think, you know, we have all been going through challenges over the pandemic. Um, We all have different things going on, like a variety of obstacles and hurdles and joys and good and bad. And I think throughout all of these very human experiences, gratitude is the one thing that can really influence our experience of all of those things. And I hear so much gratitude in your words. And I hear someone who um, is very accepting of who she is. Like Even if you're not conventional, I hear someone that really fights um for herself and that's such an empowering thing to do uh, rather than sort of like put everybody's opinions before your own so thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences and your thoughts with us and um do you have any sort of last bits of advice for any girls that are thinking of
1: going into stem please do it please do it. it'll change your life yeah i just feel more women need to be in stem not because we're trying to change like the percentage like i think If you are living your own life, you're not doing it to move percentages, you're doing it for yourself. But I do think if you challenge yourself, give it a go, you might be surprised how you come out on the other side. So yeah, I think it definitely a big thumbs up for STEM.
0: Beautiful, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Shinny.
0: Thanks for listening. And please do subscribe to this podcast and maybe even rate and review it if you can. The more ratings and reviews and the more interest from those trusty algorithms, which could help to increase the reach of this show. And you can watch the video recording of this conversation on YouTube for my new series called Esteemed. It's all about self-discovery and self-evolution on innovation. So as always, be kind and loving to yourselves and to others. And I wish you all a great week.